Welcome to Let's Get to Work, a podcast with stories of hope and inspiration for people experiencing blindness and vision loss, as well as those wanting to support us. Brought to you by the Employment Committee of the American Council of the Blind, a place where we talk about all things employment, from finding jobs, holding jobs, building careers, and challenging stigmas. Each podcast will consist of interviews with two visually impaired people who have chosen to travel down unique career paths. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's get to work. Hi, everybody. This is the Let's Get to Work podcast from the Employment Committee with the American Council of the Blind. And I'm one of those members. My name is Carrie Muth, and I am here today with James Edwards, who is the mayor of Lakeside, Oregon. Hi, James. Can you tell us a little bit about why you decided to run for mayor? Hi, Carrie. And I did not decide to run for mayor. The citizens of Lakeside decided for me because I was serving four years on the city planning department. And then I moved up to the city council. And during the process of serving on city council, I was elected as the um, president of the council, which meant that the mayor at the time could could not no longer do his job i was the person that would take over and that happened to me i took over the last year of the previous mayor's term when his term was up and it was time for a new election people kept telling me they were happy i was going to run for mayor and i kept saying i'm not going to but i had so many people insisting that i do that that i decided i would go ahead and run for mayor so i put my name in on the ballot and i beat uh, two to uh, other contenders for the, for the position. And that's why I'm mayor. Wow, that's awesome. And so let's back up a little bit. A lot of the people that we interview here have been um, legally blind for a long time. Can you tell a little bit about your history of losing your vision? Yes, I was born unknowingly with uh, retinitis pigmentosa. And, but it didn't come to light until 1985 when I was 35 years old. And my doctor told me I had uh, holes developing in my retina. And so he went on to explain why I had, all, had holes developing in my retina causing blind spots. And that it, it was a disease, disease called retinitis pigmentosa, which we were unaware of uh, until it was discovered in me. And I have uh, three brothers and three sisters. And it turned out that four of the family uh, they were diagnosed at the same time I was because my eye doctor said he wanted to see my siblings. And so they came and found out that the retinitis pigmentosa was an inherited disease in my family. And then I worked, I, he told me to quit working and quit driving at that time, but I couldn't because I had a family to support and a job to do. So I kept going until 1991 when my retina had uh, deteriorated to the point that uh, my field of vision had deteriorated to the point I couldn't see to drive anymore or work. So. And what job were you doing during that time? I was a heavy equipment operator. It's what I wanted to be since I was a child. I was fascinated with uh, machinery. And so when I became a working age adult, young adult, I decided to go in the field of heavy equipment. And I did it for 24 years before they found out I was legally blind. Well, at least you got that chance. So, I did. Yeah. So then your vision got to a point you weren't able to. And then, you know, at that point, what did you do career-wise? At that time, I was 46 years old when I was forced to re- retire and quit driving. And so I just 
decided to take some time and travel around the country and see what I could see while I could still see. So I went all across the United States, uh, more than once actually, and saw saw sites like the Grand Canyon, uh, Mount Rushmore, um, Niagara Falls, places I, I wanted to go see because I love... Uh, I used to love just going across the country and seeing seeing different parts of the country. And then after that, I I uh, the the company I worked for had offered to put me into a position which re- would require me to sit inside at a desk for eight hours a day, and I decided I didn't want to do that. So I just I uh, started my own business as a handyman, uh, doing remodeling and building for people, which I thoroughly enjo- enjoyed, and I did that until. I could no longer see to do that, which was about uh, four years ago now, I guess. Mm-hmm. So then I got involved in local politics, and that's what I do now. So <laughs> I, I know when I first met you, you were actually working at a marina in Lakeside. Can you talk a little bit about that? I was. I used to do a lot of uh, – Lakeside is situated on the shores of a large – two large lakes, and – after I retired, I could see, still see well enough to operate a boat and motor, and I love being on the water. So I had a boat and motor, and I would go around the lake doing handyman work for people, the homes on, that are on the lake, which are about 600 homes around the lake. And at one point, uh, one of the marinas in on the lake uh, called me and wanted me to come to work for them. And I didn't really want to because at that point I was thinking about just retiring. But he finally, con- the owner finally convinced me to come and talk to him, which I did. And I told him I would try it for a year and let him know that, number one, I didn't want to be tied to a job 24-7 because I used to do a lot of traveling for ACB of Oregon. And uh, I and I said, I also, he said, that's all right. You can come and go as much as you need. And I said, also, I'm legally blind. So I work a whole lot slower than a fully sighted person can do, does. And so he said, no problem there either. Just take your time because uh, this is your job and your place. And you can just work at your own pace. Wow. So I did that for, I was going to do it for one year. And I ended up doing it for 12 years. <laughs> that stretched <laughs> that's out place. a few extra years. <laughs> it did, yeah. And was there any kind of special equipment that you found helpful when doing that job? No, not nothing special. You know, it was just just a job that uh, that I could just just see well enough to do during the time I was there until my vision deteriorated to the point where I could no longer see well enough to do the job, and so then I I had to had to uh, quit. Except for you might I might say that. Um, I did have my computer that I had to fill out reports for the for the business. Uh, I, I received a, re- a computer through the Oregon Commission for the Blind that helped me do that job. Okay, and uh, what about your Da Vinci? Did you use that also? I use my Da Vinci on a regular day, on a daily basis. Yes, I love that thing. I couldn't I couldn't operate without it. Awesome. So you mentioned that you have traveled a lot with ACB of Oregon. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, I joined uh, uh, ACB of Oregon back around 1993. I, I think that's when it was. And immediately got installed as president of my local chapter, which was odd for me because being a, going from being a heavy equipment operator, which I was the, the epitome of an introvert because I worked most of the time I worked in a cab of a machine by myself without without much interaction with other people. So then I there was a lady in, in the town I used to live in who 
request required that I come to her meeting. She demanded that I come to her meetings. And then <laughs> so I started going and then she demanded that I take over as president. And and I told her I didn't had no desire to be president because I didn't know what I was doing. And she said, nope, you can do it. So so she forced it on me. And so I became involved in my local chapter. And then I became involved in my state affiliate when I was appoint, uh, elected to serve as a district rep. I think uh, that was in two, 2000, the year 2000. And then from there, I just uh, served on various positions on the American Council of Blind of Oregon and ended up being president for 10 years. Quite a long stint there. Are you ready it to was. go back? There's there's elections in October. <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job, Carrie. I wouldn't I wouldn't even think about taking it from you. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned doing a lot of travel with ACB of Oregon. How did your travels change with your visual impairment versus when you were more sighted or as your vision decreased? You know, I was in an airport one time. I can't remember where I was going, but I was finding my way around the airport. And of course, as we all know, people in the airport uh, help help us uh, navigate the airport. And I mentioned to one of the helpers one time, I said, you know, I really appreciate you doing what you do for people like me, because without people like you, it would be almost impossible for us to travel. When it gets to the point where you can't see which way, which direction you're supposed to go, and you don't know where you're supposed to go, you can't find where you're supposed to go, and you have helping hands to come along and help you, that's that's what uh, really, really helps uh, people like us travel. And and where do you think the most memorable the place you've traveled since losing your vision has been? Well, um, the, the place I would go back to is Niagara Falls. I, I, I just mesmerized by all that water dropping over that cliff and you can stand there for days and watch that but or mount rushmore i love mount rushmore it's beautiful as far as uh acb of oregon boy i don't know maybe minneapolis minnesota i had a great time in convention there i was i think i was there twice i'm sure i was so sounds like a lot of traveling so let's move on to your stint as mayor what kind what does your typical day look like as the mayor of Lakeside? My typical day is coming down to my office. I don't get to town. The office actually opens at 8 o'clock in the morning, but I don't get down here to my office until 10 o'clock or so in the morning because I'm not an, I'm not a paid employee. I'm just a volunteer, so I can come and go as I please. But I'm usually here from 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock, and a lot of it is just reviewing, reviewing policy uh, documents, um, the continuous continual learning process of, of this job and and how the city operates and the ordinances and policies that we operate by and taking phone calls from people about issues concerning them and dealing with the public as they come in and out of my office that's a typical day for me it's, it's uh, extremely busy sounds like it and what uh, what skills do you feel are really important that you may that you've learned during your journey with vision loss that help you to be successful? I would say patience. <laughs> patience, if you can, if that qualifies as a skill, I'm not sure, but it takes a lot of patience for, for people like, you know, with vision impairments to be able to navigate through certain things like, like reading documents or 
going out uh, into the into to the community to deal with people and going to events and things like that. Um, it's extremely, you know, it'd be so much easier if I were fully sighted and I could move along like a Norton uh, sighted person does, but unfortunately I can't. So, so the skill of how learning how to navigate with the cane and, and, uh, and just the patience that it takes to, to deal with life as a blind person. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that your visual impairment has been an asset in any way to your position? To my position as mayor? No, I do not. It's been an asset to me in my personal life because uh, I've been places and have done things that I never would have if I had not developed this particular problem. It's given me the opportunity to visit places through American Council Blind of Oregon and to do things, uh, go to Salem and talk to state legislators, uh, senators, and and work on legislative issues and things like that, that I never would have had I not been in this position. So, but as far as my position as as mayor, no, it it hasn't really helped me in in that regard. But it sounds like a lot of other opportunities opened up because of that. Oh, yes. My life, my life, my life changed uh, drastically, dramatically, or however you want to put it (laughs) because, because of my, Lots of vision. Yes. Sure. Well, and I think that's uh, quite similar to the whole COVID pandemic is affecting our world. Can you talk about, I know that has made you extremely busy as the mayor of a small community. So um, first, can you kind of give us a little idea about what Lakeside is and then talk about how COVID has made that difficult as a public official? Lakeside is a rather small community. We have uh, 1,800 plus citizens. We are a tourist attraction town. We we depend on tourism for survival. We're on situated on on the shores of a couple of large lakes, which is absolutely a tourist draw. We have the sand dunes and the ocean to our to the west, uh, about three miles as a crow flies, and we have the uh, state forest to the to the east. So and, and the lake. So there are a lot of uh, recreational um, advantages to being here and opportunities for people to come and, and recreate. How has the COVID pandemic affected everything you do? When that hit a couple of years ago and we we realized what was going on and I I'm as mayor, I'm I'm uh, qualified and and it's my job to to take care of the community first and la- first first and foremost, so we followed the uh, the direction of the county, Coos County, that we the Lakeside is situated in, and declared a state of an emergency uh, for for the city of Lakeside, and that was basically so that I could uh, we could adopt uh, regulations on how to handle the community during this crisis that we were facing, this unknown. And I, I tell people it was, it's the worst time in, in history to be the mayor or a civil, civil leader that has, has we've ever experienced because COVID was something that we had no idea how it's going to affect any of us and all of us. And we did not want to see it come into our s- small community. And we were very fortunate during the first phase of it because we had very few cases up in the city of Lakeside. It was happening 
in the rest of the county, but it it took a long time for it to actually reach Lakeside, uh, and and I, I I believe it's because we started the the uh, the practice of wearing masks at early on, and I told people the citizens, I said, uh, I had the mask and I tied it around my neck and so I could just raise it up when I needed. And I said, this is going to be a part of my daily attire because I believe in, in leading by example. So if I expect you guys to wear a mask, then I'm going to wear a mask. And so I believe that had a, a big influence on, on the COVID, uh, how COVID affected the city of Lakeside. And it, it was a very difficult time. We, I, I was involved in uh, meetings with uh, state officials every Friday morning at 10 o'clock. We would meet here at City Hall, the, the core um, officials, and we would discuss all the things that were going on and what we could do to help uh, alleviate people's fears and how, how we could set up um, programs to assist people when they needed assistance. And, and that was a weekly, every Friday morning event that we did. And and for a year and a half, I was on calls with the state officials at 10 o'clock on Friday morning, every Friday morning, talking about how state officials around the, around the state of Oregon were dealing with COVID. Wow. A lot of extra work amongst all the normal mayoral duties. It truly was. Yes, it was. It was a, it was a fascinating experience. And 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 it was the I kept telling people it was the unknown because we had no idea, you know, and we thought it might be like the black plague coming through and killing all of us. So, so it was it was it was not a pleasant 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 time to be the mayor or or leader, but we got through it. So, and it's definitely not over yet with the new variant, and you know, our governor is has been doing some different things in our state. So, I'm sure there'll be a lot more interesting things that you get to travel through. It is, and I get I get up, have daily updates from the Oregon Health uh, Authority and from the governor's office on how we how we need to proceed and you know moving forward through this next wave. So. Yeah. So let's. Uh, what do you see for the future of Lakeside? What would you like to see? You know, during your stint as mayor, what would you like to see accomplished in Lakeside? Well. Lakeside is always in the process of growing and bringing in new businesses, and that's a, that's always a topic topic of discussion and how to better the community, make it more livable for people. We call it the livability factor that want make people want to come to Lakeside and and put their roots down, and it's happening on a frequent basis. We have more and more people moving into Lakeside because they like to come here because it's a small town atmosphere, small town, small, small town community. It's just, uh, it's a great place to live. Really. It's quiet. The weather is perfect. And, and there's a lot of things to do in this area. One thing that I will say that I feel I can leave here knowing is the, the city of Lakeside has needed a new wastewater treatment plant for many years. So we put it on, on the table to, to this council would take take it and do it. And so we started raising sewer rates to help us pay for a new wastewater treatment plant. However, we have a new state representative who was just elected last November, and his name is Boomer Wright. Boomer Wright, and that's what he goes by, Boomer. He's a real energetic uh, person, and I, I told him at one time, I said, you are a rare person, Boomer, because you're a politician that actually wants to work for the people you represent. Him and I working together, uh, we 
acquired a $14 million grant from the state of Oregon and the federal government through their infrastructure funding to build City of Lakeside a, a new waste, wastewater treatment plant, which will take the burden of paying for a new and off to citizens of Lakeside. So I feel that was a great accomplishment because that's never happened in the history of City of Lakeside. That's wonderful. And it's I think it's really great that he is able to work with a representative and you know, get that accomplished. That's awesome. Yes, it is. And I have a city manager who is always also involved. Her name is Tori Price. She's our city manager at at the present. So between the three of us, we made something really good happen for the city of City of Lakeside, which makes us feel great. And when is your current term up? About a year and four months. I have a year and four months to go. And do you plan to run again at this point or too early to tell? I'm not going to run again. And the reason is because there's a lot of new people who have moved into Lakeside and a lot of younger people who are taking an interest in the city. And I believe that people who have been involved for, for many years, it's t- some, there comes a time for us, people like myself and others in the community who have been community leaders for years, to step aside and that new people with new ideas and fresh ideas and fresh thoughts and more energy come into the picture and see what they can do. And I think that's really, James, one of those things I've seen in you with ACB of Oregon. As you earlier mentioned, I am the current ACB of Oregon president. And one thing you've always encouraged is younger people's involvement in the organization and, you know, building leadership skills in people. So I I think that's really important, too. So do you have any future plans in community involvement in other realms when you're done with all your crazy mayoral things? What what does retirement look like for you? Well, you know, I'm not really sure, Carrie, because it's it's hard to imagine a retirement where I just sit down and don't do anything. Uh, I, I've been, you know, I just, I'm just so used to being involved and being active in, in the community. I just can't imagine. And I can't see TV anymore, so I can't sit around and watch football games like I used to. But so I'm not sure what the future holds for me after 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 I get finished with this term as as mayor. I'll be if I'm still in the community. I'll be around as as an advisor and um, community helper because it's just what I enjoy doing. So, mm-hmm. are you planning to get you know when when this term ends do any more involvement with ACB of Oregon or do you feel how how does that work for you if there's a place for me in ACB of Oregon absolutely yeah I'll be involved in ACB of Oregon as long as I can as long as I can it's a great organization as you well know and we've put a lot of work into building it in the last 20 years that that we've been involved in it so I I I want to see ACB of Oregon thrive and continue And what kind of advice would you have to, you know, if there's a young person listening to this podcast and, you know, they're thinking they might want to become involved in politics or, you know, maybe they're similar, you know, doing a job like you were heavy equipment operating and, you know, their whole life changes because they cannot continue in that field. What kind of advice would you give to somebody? I would encourage young people to get involved in their local government. It's it's a but it's a kind of a two-edged sword because it's very very rewarding in many many ways. However, it can be hard sometimes because every time you're involved in a decision-making body, 
some of the decisions you make, you are are you going to make half the people mad and half the people will love you for the decisions that you make on their behalf. And so you have to be able to take the good with the bad. We have people come before the city council uh, be on, during our council meetings, and they have three minutes of public comment period. Sometimes we have to sit there and listen to people just berate us because they're they're unhappy with the way we're doing things. And other times we people come and give us a lot of um, uh, uh, compliments for, for, for what we do. Every day as I move around this town, I see, see people who call, they call me Mr. Mayor, and they tell me they appreciate what I'm doing, that I'm doing a great job, and I say thank you. And then once in a while, though, which doesn't happen very often, I run into a citizen who's very unhappy and kind of gives me a bad time, but... But it all goes with the job, and and you have to be able to take it. But I would be, I would certainly advise younger people, who's of age, you know, to get involved. It's it's great being involved in your government and your local government. It's great being able to to help make decisions that affect the people of your community. But I would advise people if you're going to do it, learn what you're going getting into before you do. Because my pet peeve is people who just when it's election time they decide they want to be on city council or run as mayor or whatever, and they've never attended a city council meeting. That's why in the first the first election, I won hands down because I was the only one that could answer the questions that were put before the three of us had a public candidate forum because the other two people had never been involved. So that was a pretty pretty easy win for me because I could answer all the hard questions they had, like how, what, what's the city budget and where does the city get its money and and what are some of the policies? So you you really need to learn what you're getting getting into it before you get into it. And it's pretty easy to do. In my case, I just started attending city council meetings out of curiosity. And then the more I attended, the more I began to pay attention and the more I realized what was going on. And so it was a great learning experience just coming in listening. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mayor Edwards and Thank you for the advice and sharing your story. And maybe we'll be hearing you around on other podcasts. Thank you for your time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Terry. I appreciate it very much. been listening to let's get to work a podcast from the employment committee at the american council of the blind have questions episode ideas or feedback feel free to email brooke jostet the committee chair at b-r-o-o-k-e underscore j-o-s-t-a-d at comcast.net until next time work it